Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast phase one, where we know that the first step in solving any kind of problem is by getting together, sharing our opinion, sharing our vision, and hopefully using that as a some kind of foundation to get to a point where we finally get some practical steps in place to get some long lasting, sustainable solutions to our problems here in this continent. So today I'm going to continue with um, the student entrepreneur series. And I'm going to allow today's guest to introduce herself. I'm actually so excited about this episode. She, you'll hear, she's got so much energy and she's just like a bubbly person. And I promise you, I can speak to her forever. But anyways, I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. Um, Rachel, tell us about who you are, what you're studying, if you're studying, where you're from. And But firstly, if you could live in any other African country besides South Africa, which country would it be and why? Alright, so hello everyone. Um, I think if I had to pick another country, it would definitely be Mauritius. I am a huge beach bum, so, you know, that kind of just lends itself very well to my beach bum ways. <laughs> that makes sense though, that makes sense. <laughs> so, um, a little bit about myself. Hi everyone, my name is uh, Rachel Evans. I am the owner and founder of Fika Active. I'm 19 years old and Fika Active is an active wear brand that I started in 2020. That was last year. Yo, and it's doing so well. I'm actually so surprised. I thought you were going to say like 2019 or something because it's done so well. And you've managed to do so much. So, flip, well done. And you're only 19. My goodness, I'm two years older than you, I think. Yes, I am. (laughs) That's so crazy. (laughs) So, um, where did you go to school? Are you studying? Um, So, I am actually a homeschool student. I homeschool myself. And I'm currently busy with my A-levels. So, I follow the UK syllabus. Um. And they have a 13th year of school, and that's currently what I am busy with. And I'm taking my A-levels in maths, biology, and physics. Wait, so you homeschool yourself? Yes, I don't have any teachers, my mom, not my dad, they don't help. I do everything by myself. That's insane. Okay, wait. I, I have a question. Now, when you when you have to write your exams and for them to re- be recognized by other schools, how does it work? Do you have to go to some kind of institution to write your exams so that it's moderated by some external person? Or do you still do that on your own as well? No. Okay, so um, it depends, obviously, what area of South Africa and you live in. Mm. But personally, because I live in the Eastern Cape, the closest exam writing centre for me is in Grahamstown. I go to St Andrews and I write all my exams there because they offer the normal IEB okay. or you can do A-level. So I'll go right there with their students. So you'll sit there in a, in a hall full of guys, essentially? Well, DSG and St Andrews, they both offer it. They like oh. pretty much... Yeah, they. I wouldn't really. They brother sister schools, so okay. um, it is usually more guys than girls. But mm. yeah, they are the odd few. 
That is so impressive. Like, I'm so impressed that you teach. Like, I'm taught, but I still don't want to. <laughs> but you are taking it upon yourself. Dude, that's impressive. And you have, you are the founder and the owner of this incredible business. Um, that's just like, I, yo, I'm so excited to get into this conversation. So let me just <laughs> get on with the next question. So tell us more about the business. Um, so what, what exactly do you do? And where did you find the name for your business? Because it's also pretty unique. And were you always entrepreneurial? Was this always part of the plan? Or is it something that you kind of thought about over time? And then you were like, okay, I'll give this a try. Um, so I'll start with your last question first, because it's pretty funny. Um, obviously, with the subjects I take and the syllabus I take, it's a very... Um, prestigious well-known um syllabus and it's one of the like toughest syllabuses in the world yeah um so the reason i am taking the subjects i'm taking and i decided to go with the syllabus is because i wanted to study chiropractics oh heck and i was on route to go study chiropractics next year mm-hmm. but Obviously, plans have changed, and I won't be doing that anymore. Um, And the funny thing is, when I was younger, I always was like, oh, I want to own my own business, Mm. you know, whether it was a bakery or a coffee shop. You know, I always wanted to work for myself, never work for somebody. Mm. And that kind of just reignited last year and I was like wow little Rachel you knew what you were talking about (laughs) clearly so yeah um I can laugh about it now but obviously at the beginning it was a very scary thought from going to go study and become a doctor now to become an entrepreneur and at such a young age I couldn't be happier with the decision that I've made. And honestly, starting this business has brought out so many different characteristics mm. in myself that I never knew I had. So I'm I'm super blessed that I did have that opportunity exactly, to yeah. learn these things about myself through my business journey. Sure. And I think it's always good to try and like reap all the lessons and as many lessons as possible through any kind of journey that you go through. Um, and so obviously on this on this journey with your business, how did you come up with it? And and the name, I think I'm so interested in the name. Like it's just so unique. Okay, so the name is Fika Active and Fika is actually a Swedish word. And um if you go into my highlights on my Instagram page, you'll see I actually typed out a whole thing explaining this because I do get so many questions. Um, and so in Sweden, it, like even the big companies, huge companies, mm. always have a certain time of the day where they'll stop and they'll let their staff go have coffee and chat. This is like this isn't just their lunch break this is on top of their lunch oh really and they go have coffee and they socialize so 
if you directly translate it, it has a surface level meaning of to have coffee. But in actuality, it has a deeper meaning of taking a moment to just slow down mm. and appreciate all the good things in life and appreciate the people around you and socialize with them. That is so cool. Oh my goodness. And how did you even how did you even come across that word because it just seems so far away. I mean, it's Swedish. Um but it's it's got such a beautiful meaning and I think it it aligns perfectly with your business because I mean, it is active where and you need to take a moment to just like, you know, get in touch with your body and just like move around. So this is very unoriginal and sorry to disappoint anybody that's listening. <laughs> but um I actually was scrolling through Pinterest when I was thinking about starting Fika Active mm. and the word Fika came up and it had the little meaning and everything. I was like, Fika Active, that, that you know, sounds pretty good, actually. It was like an aha um, moment, like, aha, okay, I've got a business I, name I now. I might have found something. Yeah. <laughs> so from that, I was like, I developed the name um Mm. and yeah as you say I just I thought it fitted so well with active wear because Mm. I don't know about other people but when I'm at the gym or having a run or playing hockey it really just it gives me a moment to appreciate my body what it can do and also just de-stress and find a sense of you know, calmness and obviously exercising releases endorphins, which are your happy chemicals. So I really, once I found that word and saw the meaning, I was Mm. like, that's it. And it's such, it's like you're saying, it's so fitting. So you know what? Pinterest is actually such a plug. So I'm actually so happy that you were able to find it there because I, I can imagine that finding a name for your business is kind of scary in itself because this is a name that's going to be there forever. So you need to make sure that you are happy with it and you are comfortable with it. So um, I, I love it. Honestly, I do. Um, so Yeah, and I mean, there's, there's so many more things that go into naming your business. So personally, for me, I wanted something that was, you know, short, easy yeah. to pronounce, but had some meaning behind it. Yeah. So... Those words are really difficult to find because obviously a word might be short, but it might be really difficult to pronounce. Mm, so mm. it is quite a struggle finding a business name. But honestly, for anybody that wants to start a business, when you find the name, you'll know. Yeah. And I think even with marketing in general, like you want something that is unique and something that people will remember and be like, oh, wait, I, you know, I remember Fika Active because it's so unique. It's easy to say and it has such a, like, an amazing meaning. You don't, want, you don't want it to be like so unique, but in a way that you don't really remember it. And it's like you're saying, it's difficult to pronounce. So, I mean, it's, I think it's something that maybe a lot of people overlook as well because you also don't want it to be too boring. But anyways. Yeah, no. Um. What was this? What were one of the scariest elements when you were still getting started, and maybe things that possibly could have prevented you from starting your business, and um, maybe any other doubts that you might have had, and if you still have those doubts today. So, 
I started my business on a whim. Again, like, I was, I went into starting Fika Active with the mentality that no one was going to want to buy my shorts. Um, obviously, now there's more of a range, but mm. no one was going to want to buy my shorts. A few people would buy my shorts and, yeah. And I think that was my first mistake because I went into Fika Active really unprepared mm. for what it was going to bring to me. And once it took off, I kind of then had to realign and say, whoa, I need to change things <laughs> up. I need to sort my shit out kind mm. of thing. Yeah. Um, but one of my biggest fears was judgment. Because oh, goodness, yeah. <laughs> at school or in your home, you're never really taught to start a business. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there are studies, there are subjects um, at South African schools like business studies and accounting. Yeah. You know, all those types of things. But they don't really prepare you for what's actually going to happen. And no one says to you, well, why don't you start a business? Exactly. It's something that's almost frowned upon because it could go well, it could go wrong. Yeah. And what's funny is that it's frowned upon until you're successful, then we all want to be your friend and then we all want to support you, which is sad because you need that support the most in the beginning. Exactly. I mean, getting started is the hardest part about starting a business Mm. because as you say, you know, um, and during our conversation, like I said, the Starting a business and running a business has so many deeper aspects than to what people think. You know, people just think, oh, um, the monetary aspect, yeah. um, the finances, the um, supplier, the this, the that. People don't think about the fact that you will lose friends in this journey. Because yeah. I can tell you right now, not all of your friends are going to support your journey mm-hmm. from the beginning. Yeah. And it's it's a tough pull to swallow, but it's the truth. I mean, and you know what? You just have to respect that person's decision yeah. and <clears throat> decide, well, you know what? If they can't support me at my worst, then they honestly don't deserve you when you potentially become a millionaire and super successful. Um, But yeah, I mean, also from a parent's aspect, a lot of parents say, well, go get get a piece of paper first. (laughs) Yeah. Go do a BCom, go do accounting, go do something like that. Yeah. And... I can honestly say I don't think that a BCom degree is going to teach you what you actually have to go through in a business 
situation. As an accounting student myself, I can definitely attest that you won't learn anything like that. I mean, yeah, there's a little um, bit here and there, but like, it's not, I don't know, it's very staggered. And I think it's all the background information that they give you. So they'll tell you like, if you get taxed one day, this is how you're going to get taxed. But in a sense of, you know, this is what you're going to have to do. Or maybe if, when you are established, that's the kind of work that we learn. But from starting from the beginning, there's nothing like that. Exactly. And I mean, it's going to take you a while to become established. Mm. It's going to take you a while to get to the point where you need to pay taxes. Exactly. Um, exactly. They need to be teaching you from day one. And the education system really fails young entrepreneurs. It really does, hey? It really does. And I was telling the previous guest about how like they are not making any adjustments in the education curriculum to try and at least include some kind of an entrepreneurial aspect to education. Because right now we're just pumping out people with an employee mentality and a few people are taking it upon themselves to try and become an entrepreneur and become an employer. And I think if you don't balance the two, um, I think we do need to also start, you know, steering people in a different direction. Let's motivate more people to become entrepreneurs so that there's an equal balance of people that are offering jobs as well as those that are taking up jobs. Exactly. I mean, there are millions of people that are unemployed. Yeah. Not only in South Africa, where it is a massive problem, yeah. but all over the world there is unemployment. Mm. The only way to fix that is for new businesses to be established. Exactly. Um, because most of the big corporations are either turning to machinery and robots to do their work, or they are at capacity already. Exactly. Um, so... In terms of helping people with jobs and employment, it really should be something that's promoted instead of frowned upon. Mm. Um, I was watching an entrepreneur on YouTube and he was saying how he pretty much failed school. He's from the US. Mm. But now he's a billionaire and he was saying the schooling system is failing our future yeah because at the end of the day that's what all young people are they have the ability to make or break a country's yeah. future and right now if you frown upon something you can make or break their future in yeah. turn making or breaking a whole country's future mm. and i think with what you're saying about the youtuber that you were watching i think if you as an entrepreneur or if you have that entrepreneurial personality and you're considering you know exploring that venture then you go to university and they kind of start trying to mold you and shape you in a completely different direction or at a different angle they kind of start to cripple that part of you 
And because you have that personality, you're very ambitious and you want to be trying things. In you. So obviously what you're doing at school is not interesting you because that's not what you want to do. But because the status quo says, let's all go to university, you kind of force yourself to stay there. But then you end up failing because deep down inside, you know that this is not for you. So you can't like you're not giving your, your everything because it's not your passion. So instead of then grooming that person in that, you know, adventurous, ambitious, entrepreneurial way, it's almost like they dim that light and they force you to move in a different way. And that's why I think a lot of people that become successful after failing school. And that's that's basically the reason why, which is really sad. Yeah. And I mean, it's also, um, you know, a kind of. Uh, it's an achievement because, you know, they fail. You can fail at school. But like this guy did, he became a billionaire. Yeah. And it's kind of as if to say, well, screw you. Look what I did. Yeah. Where are you people now? Exactly. But, um, you know, that being said, with what you were saying about sometimes losing friends along the way, I think for me, that has been a very difficult concept to internalize. But at the same time, I think with people that have a vision for their life and people that want to start things that are sustainable, for example, starting a business, even starting a podcast or starting a YouTube channel, those things like it's, you have a vision of where you want to go. But unfortunately, when you start, maybe it's not unfortunately, but when you start, you kind of just have to start. And then from there, you start tweaking things to slowly get to the end product. But because not everyone sees that vision, not everyone kind of sees what you're trying to do. They just see this person that is this young individual. They don't really have money. They don't have anything to their name, but they're saying they want to start this. So for them, I don't know. I think in a, trying to think about it in a positive way, I think they're kind of trying to maybe um, shield you from any potential failure. And but like so I think it's our responsibility or your responsibility as someone who has that vision in that business to um, not take it personally and understand that, you know, it's your baby. And you as long as you believe in it, what everyone else says is not um, important, although it is difficult at first, like you were saying, because I mean, these are your friends, you're expecting them to support you. But I mean, it happens, I guess. Look, I mean, as you say, they might be think trying to be a good friend in the sense that they want to shelter you from failure. And, you know, they really do want the best for you. Mm. But then at the opposite end of the spectrum, some friends or supposed friends, they just won't support you. Yeah. No matter how much you explain to them. Exactly. And you know, you show them your plan and your vision and you reassure them, um, they still won't support you. Mm. They still will have the idea that you are going to fail. Yeah. Whereas a good friend, you can explain this vision to them and they say, look, um, I'm going to support you as much as I can, but you know, and if it fails, I will be here for mm, you. Yeah. You know, that's the type of friendship that you want to keep. You don't want to keep a friendship where, you know, they just stop supporting you mm. full stop. Yeah. Whether it goes bad or it goes good. I mean, but yeah, it, it is a tough thing to wrap your head around. And it's 
it's not something you'll um, deal with overnight. But, you know, once you see that your vision is going forward, you kind of say, well, those people were at the beginning of my vision. I'm now in the middle of my vision. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's very true. It's a change of life, could I say. Yeah, and I guess it's part of the journey, man. I, I think... Um, you get to a point in life where you will lose people, but like you always know that those that are still there, those should be the real friends and the people. And also, I guess you you do gain people that have the same mentality. Um, you do gain those friends along the way, which is which is always good. And I think it's it's all about being open to the changes and um, accepting that some people are in your life for a certain season. So, um, <clears throat> but do you still have any doubts or anything that still scares you? Um, today, I mean, you are pretty successful, um, but you know, do you still have any doubts that kind of pop in here and there? Um, I think as an entrepreneur and a small business owner, doubts um definitely consume a lot of your your mind because. Mm. Um. So I recently just switched fabrics, which has pushed up my prices and. You know, that was a big doubt for me. I was like, have I done the wrong thing? Mm. Was this a mistake? Um, And it all kind of went back to comparing myself to huge international franchises like Cotton On and Mr. Price. You know, you actually can't compare yourself to those international companies because they're paying someone... 20 cents an hour in a sweatshop in China or Asia, you know, mm. while, whereas you're getting your fabric from a reputable, eco, green conscious um, company that treats their staff well, and then you are making the, each item yourself. Yeah. So, you know, uh, uh, that was a huge. Um, building block that I needed to get over and obviously I still have my doubts as to you know are people gonna like this print are people gonna like this style what do people want because at the end of the day it's all about um pleasing your consumers yeah so that's that's something I think I will always battle with and I think you'll always have doubts, but I think it's all about um, feeling the fear and just doing it anyways. Because once you do it, then you at least have something to work with. Because then you can say, okay, I've, I've done it now. Let's reassess the decisions I've made. And from there, I can now see now what's the next move. But if you constantly live in your head, and this is something that I struggle with. Like I'll think and think and think and think, but I'll do nothing because I'll just be like, no, nah, I'm scared. But once, and I think that's what I've learned so far with this podcast, just starting something is the best thing you can possibly do or just making a decision because from there onwards, at least you have something to work with and then you slowly get to whether it's the kind of material that you want and the kind of quality that you want or the kind of podcast you'd like to have or the kind of YouTube channel. But it's all about just starting and making that decision. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to know until you start. Mm. How can you know if people like that print unless you launch it? How can people 
how can you know if people like that fabric unless you start selling it Mm. so i think it's the fear of the unknown that gets to people but once you know your supposed fear you kind of say well that's actually not that bad people do like this (laughs) exactly the worry kind of just goes away magically it just slowly subsides and then you and i think you also gain a bit of confidence in that when you kind of reassess and reevaluate and then slowly move forward um but the next question as a young entrepreneur in south africa what has been the most frustrating uncontrollable external factor that has made the process of running your business and trying to develop the business difficult um my biggest issue being in the activewear industry has actually been sourcing fabric Mm. it took me two months of research day in day out to find the fabric that i am currently using Mm. um there is just such a lack of textiles in south africa that are of good quality and that are made by a um, good company and Mm. that have good quality and good ethics you know most of the fabric that comes into south africa comes from asian countries where for instance the old fabric that i was using i was just getting from my local um pe fabric shops yeah and the quality was inconsistent because one color would be softer and stretchier than another um... color um so there's definitely a big gap in the market for textiles in south africa and it really it makes it as i say it took two months for me just to find a company that imported fabric into South Africa. Mm. But um, I must say, just hearing you say that you took the time out in two whole months, it's a long time. And um, just the fact that you did your homework and you did your research, I think a lot of people take that for granted. They don't realize how much work actually goes in behind, you know, coming to that final product. I mean, I'm actually stunned because, I mean, I must say most of the time I'm, I get a little bit restless and after a couple of days even sometimes a couple of hours i'm like eh, i'm gonna let this go but the fact that you i mean it's i think it's also an important lesson to show that you need to do your homework and like you were saying if the product or if the material that you're sourcing is inconsistent it's going to also show up in your actual clothing because one day i'll buy something that's this type of material and the next time i buy something that's a different type of material and that obviously has an impact on your brand and, you know, the personality behind the brand. Yeah, no, I mean, look, two months is a very long time, but that's just how big the gap in the market in South, in the textile industry in yeah. South Africa is <clears throat> for active wear fabric. Um, you know, you can get your lacras and your swimming costume fabrics very readily in south africa but when it comes to active wear it is extremely difficult 
to find a good consistent supplier and as you say two months is a very very long time and I'm not gonna lie it was a very difficult two months of my life because Mm. it's disheartening when it takes so long to find something that you are finally happy with yeah um because as you say most people are like I want it now and I should be able to find it now and that just wasn't the case but I I'm very happy that I took those two months and I really did my homework, did my research, phoned suppliers, and I've now come across an amazing supplier with amazing fabric and she really, you know, with a good range. So if Mm. I ever want to branch out, I can still carry on using that supplier and I must say like everything is looking amazing I was going through I was on your Instagram page and everything just looks so beautiful so I'm really happy that at least after the two months of doing the research you eventually got it but it also just shows how important your why must be because it needs like I mean it was able to push you through a whole two months of just doing research so I think that intention and passion is also so important to push you through you know those kind of dark days when things aren't moving as quickly as you'd want them to and now like having that said um is is there enough help because I mean you're saying you had to do your homework you had to do your research and find proper suppliers but was did you feel like you had enough help and you had enough visible guidance from maybe mentors and other entrepreneurs um just for you to kind of get some advice from other people um, in a way that will help you as a young entrepreneur and do you think that more needs to be done in terms of just grooming I know we touched on this a little bit earlier on but just to like elaborate a little more if you feel like is there more that needs to be done and in what ways should we you know start promoting this help and guidance for young entrepreneurs Um, I'm going to be extremely honest with you I had no help Sure. Active has been built from the ground up by myself. I had no mentors, no people, you know, giving me advice that have business experience. Um, You know, sometimes my dad or my mom um, or even my brother would be like, ooh, this is a cool print. You should maybe try to do this. But other than that, I really didn't have any people with extensive business knowledge Mm. help me in my journey so it there's such a lack of free knowledge for young entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. or small business owners in general in south africa um yeah I think, I think the fact that you're saying free as well, because I mean, as an entrepreneur, you're already starting with a very limited budget. And for some people, you almost have nothing. You're kind of just using what you already have. Now, imagine you must go subscribe and pay like 600 rand a month just to, just to find out how can I register the name of my business? I mean, it's ridiculous. Exactly. It is absolutely ridiculous. And one of the bigger problems is that a lot of the like subscription or the knowledge that you can get is from overseas. Yes. So it's 
in dollars or pounds or euros, which obviously the rand is not a very strong currency. Mm -hmm. So 16 times 10 is actually a hell of a lot of money for us. Yeah. And And as a young person. Yeah, I mean, as a young person, 1,600 rand is a lot of money and that can buy you a lot of necessities for your business exactly yeah um so i really do believe that south africa as a whole and just in general in the world they need to promote entrepreneurship first of all Mm. but also make resources available for young people yeah if they so desire to follow that career path um because as you say you can buy a book and you can pay 600 rand a month but that's a big big portion of what you could be using to something that would prove more valuable to you exactly and you know and it's all good reading a book and learning stuff about the business world and whatever, but nothing will be more to your advantage than talking to a CEO of an established company. Yeah. Because they have been there, they've had bankruptcy you know they they know what you are experiencing and i think if ceos could come forward and choose to mentor young business owners and you know small business owners that would be absolutely incredible and it really would be and i think it makes all the difference in the world because i mean Yes, it's it's important for you to be open to learning lessons, make your mistakes. Um, but I mean, you know, you can save a whole lot of resources and a whole lot of time if there is just someone there guiding you and giving you that advice and just coaching you along the way. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the whole essence of just not having help it really is a problem, but I guess it's it's a starting point because at least we've identified that there is that gap and we can slowly move towards kind of like closing that gap and doing what we can. Um, but like, you're, it's crazy to think that you're only 19 years old and there's just so much that you've learned and so much that you've experienced. Um, so, you know, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give someone who is trying to get started with any kind of business? Um, whether it's, you know, active wear, clothing or anything in general, what advice would you give anyone? First of all, I would say to them, is there a gap in the market? Because there is no point in starting a business where the market is already overflowing. Mm. Second of all, go for it. If you know that there's a gap in the market and you, it is a profitable um, business venture, what is stopping you? 
That is so powerful, actually. Just going for it. I mean, it sounds so simple, but I mean, you overthink and you fight yourself in your head until you just talk yourself out of it. But I mean, if you just do it and you ignore what's in your head, I mean, you know, who knows what will happen, you know? Exactly. The possibilities are endless. But if you don't go for it, you will never know what yeah. could have been. Um, and second of all, like myself, start on a free platform like Instagram or Facebook. <clears throat> you don't need to spend a lot of money right in the beginning. Yeah. Because Instagram works can do absolute wonders for reaching a wider audience and then my second point to that is if you're going to use something like instagram know the algorithm oh that yes. is something i yeah. wish i had known before i started fika i did not understand the power of the instagram algorithm and you know use free things that can help you on instagram um someone who was an aspiring influencer actually sent me a dm the other day and asked for you know um a pr package and i said i'm very sorry but i'm not yet at the point in my business where i can offer you pr packages but I can give you some advice to help you grow your account. Exactly. And what I said to her was, you know, make sure your feed is consistent and the quality of the pictures are good because it all ties in. But if your quality and your feed is consistent, Instagram will push that forward onto the explore page. And I think this is probably the best thing I've learned is if you are a small business out there, go onto your explore page and just go like a whole bunch of pictures. Because even if that person necessarily won't follow you back, they will like a picture or they might notice you and follow you back. It is such, you know, it sounds stupid when I say it, but it's something that people don't realize. Mm. And it's such an amazing like free source that you can use and i think it's so important that you're saying you know you need to be innovative and you have to go out there and see all the different ways that are free and cost effective for you because i mean you are starting out you don't want to unnecessarily pay for anything and nowadays with the power of social media if you're willing to learn if you're willing to take the time out and also just sit on youtube and find out what other what other people are doing that could really go a long way in scaling your business and just like giving you some nifty um, tricks um, on just how to grow and expand. Yeah, I mean, social media is going to be the thing that could potentially make or break your business. Yeah. So for someone like me, who I'm going to be very honest, I'm probably like a 90-year-old with technology. I'm not very good with technology, but I have said, <laughs> sat down and taught myself enough about Instagram and Facebook and all of that to help grow my business. Mm. So, I mean, as I said, I'm horrible with technology, but if I can do it, anybody can do it. I mean, just 
type into Google, how does the Instagram algorithm work? Um, and it will come up with so much information that is free that you can read and put into use. Yeah. No, definitely, 100%. And it's, again, with what you're saying, it's all about, you know, taking that initiative and sitting down and just, you know, doing what you have to do and making sure that you're passionate enough to push yourself through all the different stages. And like you're saying, which you said in the beginning, that you, when you get started, you realize that there's actually a whole lot of other things that you have to, you know, start incorporating into getting you through and the process of growing a business. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've learned a lot from you <laughs> in this conversation. And it's, honestly, I cannot wrap my head around. You're so young and you're still in school, but there's just so much that you've learned and you just sound so mature and you have quite a future ahead of you, dude. And I think it's going to be amazing. Um, but I have to say, it sounds like you're such a busy person, but thank you so much for taking the time out to sit with me and talk about your journey I personally, I've learned a lot and I'm sure that the guests will also um, learn a lot from you. So yeah, I just really, really want to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for making, um, for having me first of all, but for doing, having this little project where you talk to young entrepreneurs because it is, I know it's going to impact so many people's lives. So thank you for this amazing platform that you are giving us and this amazing, amazing project. Oh, that means so much to me. But I mean, that is the plan. I just really hope to help out other people out there. But I mean, this has been amazing. So thank you so much. And also thank you to everyone who is listening. It has been absolutely amazing.